Hi, I'm Annie Miller. I'm a certified personal trainer and transformational macro coach. This is a podcast for those who are interested in improving their health and fitness. And what I've learned along the way is that sometimes that means you'll have to rethink what you thought you knew. This is the Rethinking Fitness with Annie podcast. Welcome to the Rethinking Fitness with Annie podcast. I'm your host, Annie Miller. Today's episode is our first guest interview for the Rethinking Fitness podcast. So today I talked to my friend, Catherine Groves. Catherine is a budgeting and finance coach, and it's actually really interesting when we're talking about health and fitness, our financial health really actually does play an important role in our overall health as well. Financial stress can lead to increased blood pressure, depression, issues with our sleep, weight gain, anxiety, and even our self-esteem. And so since we're spending time on this podcast talking about ways to increase our health, I thought that it was appropriate that we have a conversation about our financial health as well. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation that I have with Catherine, and I would love to know what you guys think. And if you'd like to hear more guests on the podcast, um, feel free to send me a DM and let me know what your thoughts are. And if you have any questions or comments, or if there's anything else that you'd like to focus on on the podcast, let me know. I'd love to hear. All right. So today I have Catherine here with me, and she is going to talk to us about budgeting and finances. So do you want to introduce yourself to my audience and tell people who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'd love to. So thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So um, I am a, a budget coach. Um, I talk to people about personal finances and how to get on a budget so I don't do investing Um, You need specific licenses for that that I don't have. Um, That's more of a, once you get on your budget and then you have money to invest, then I can refer you to other investing professionals. But I'm usually at the beginner level of getting finances organized and getting kind of your house in order for your money. Awesome. So starting primarily work with beginners then and you work with budgeting. Yeah. So you kind of work setting people up with budgets. So what does that usually look like for someone? So it's usually like an hour meeting at the very beginning. um, And it's just, hey, we pull out everything. So all of your income. So the first step to a budget is you have to gather all your income. So that starts with everything. And so when I say all of your income, that means if you're married, that you have your, you get your pile of money and your spouse's pile of money and you throw it all in the middle. Um, so that can be a source of conflict with some people, but it's the best way to build a budget because it, it money is a big deal in marriages, right? So the second reason that people file for divorce is because of money fights and money problems. And so even getting on a budget can improve your marriage and can improve your quality of life in your marriage, right? So you don't have to fight about money anymore, but you get all of your income listed and then we go through all the steps of what your, your personal needs are in the budget. So then by the end of the meeting, you have um, like a point to start at with your budget. So I kind of similar to you, if you want me to set your budget and like you would set your macros, like I can, but it's way better if you do it for you because it gives you ownership. It gives you that control and accountability that you need to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, rather than me just giving someone some like, hey, maybe these are like your most optimal numbers. It's like okay, but are they going to be effective for you? Because you're never going to be able to adhere to 150 grams of protein if you're vegetarian or if you have other dietary restrictions or or you just plain old don't love eating that much protein, right? So yeah, I could set your macros here and I can give you this number and you can keep trying to hit it and keep feeling like a failure. So yeah, I like that. Giving people the ownership over their budgeting. That's cool. 
talk to us about, like, you already mentioned this a little bit, especially if you're married, you're talking about, like, you know, maybe reducing conflict in marriage and getting people on the same page. But what are some of the other reasons? Like, why should people budget? Yeah, so kind of, so money right now can be kind of scary in the United States and honestly all over the world because things have happened in the last few years that have made money hard. Yeah. So pre-pandemic, six out of ten households could not cover a $1,000 emergency. And, like, I've had emergencies, you've had emergencies. Um, not very many of them are only $1,000, right? Right, right. So um, that was pre-pandemic with six out of ten. So post-pandemic, um, six out of ten households can only cover a five hundred dollar emergency. Oh wow! Yeah. So we we as Americans we don't have savings. We don't have kind of to put that in context. So think of ten of your friends or family members or even ten houses on your street. That means six of them cannot cover five hundred dollars. So that's. Once you, once, so emergencies are going to happen, right? So yeah. once they happen, then you're just, you're just rolling downhill, right? Because once you can't cover that, that's not going to be the only thing that you need. You still have to maintain all of your other obligations and it can just lead to a really dark place, right? So we want to get control of that so you can handle life as it comes at you. We talked about the marriage benefits <clears throat> and the other scary thing is that the younger generation have more credit card debt and delinquency rates than the older generation. So particularly people in the early twenties are carrying a lot of debt with not a lot of assets and they're really struggling. People don't know what to do. Be a real source of fear. Yeah. Are your clients primarily like younger, younger couples, younger people? Do you typically work with younger people or kind of just like any span of life? Because sometimes even when we reach, you know, our 70s or whatever like maybe we still haven't really learned to budget you know so is it just kind of like it can be anyone or do you kind of have like a it, it certainly can be anyone um the people that have that tend to reach out the most are like late 20s early 30s because they're kind of feeling that pinch um and they don't want to have I've had a lot of clients that don't want to have the financial experiences that their parents have where they don't want to be um unable to have freedom they don't want to work a job that they hate forever because they have to pay the you know these bills that they've racked up and they don't they just want more freedom and they can see that if they get a hold of it now then that's a possibility yeah so when someone comes in and they do their consultation with you you said you know you kind of like have them bring in their money and and then you start this budgeting conversation so if you were to give some people just like kind of some basic startups like how do how do people get started with that yeah so we start so we start with our income and then we move to our our um we call it well so if you're a person of faith we do after you do your income you your first thing to start with is your um tithing for your expenses so you get your tithing right off the top so you don't have to worry about it anymore and then we do our four walls so your food, utilities, transportation, and shelter. So food, if you haven't budgeted previously and you think, oh, I spend this much on food, it's fine. No, that's probably doubled. Yeah, yeah. People spend a lot. I, I know I spend a lot of money on food. So, <laughs> so if you haven't budgeted before, don't be nervous. That happens to everybody. Everybody yeah. spends way more on food, especially now. Um, and then you have to live somewhere. So you need shelter and you need running water so you need transportation or um, utilities and then you need to get to work so transportation um, those are the biggest and then from there you can move down to necessities like childcare. so once you get your four walls up then you can move to different categories so you want to start with your necessities so um, child care 
is one, and then you have budget lines under each category. So the best way that someone explained to me was like a playlist. So you have your playlist as your budget category, and then all the songs in it. Um, those songs are all your budget lines. Ooh, I like that. So um, you can have it depends on the person but you'll probably have like five budget categories and then you can have however many lines you need however specific you want your budget to be however many subcategories yeah so like for me so for transportation i have like fuel for my cars and then i have like a car wash line um but i do i put my car insurance under like my insurance budget yeah so gotcha there's different ways to organize that but the important thing about a budget similar to macros is that it has to be documented so and I love, cause I've been in the same boat before too, where you're like, oh, I, I for sure eat a hundred grams of protein. Yeah, yeah. And then you track it for a week and you're like, okay, that was 42. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing with budgeting, you have to track it just like you do with your nutrition. You have to know where you are because you can't get to where you want to be if you don't even know where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So Starting with that awareness piece is huge. Yeah. yeah. And, and similar to tracking macros, there's lots of different tools. Um, and we can talk about that in a minute, but, um, you have, it has to be written down and because we're combining our money with our spouse, if you're married, then you have to have what I call a budget meeting. And it means you get together you, it's before the month begins. So the benefit of doing it before the month begins is that you're not in the target checkout line with your hands full <laughs> and you're thinking how much is in that budget, right? No, like if you decide beforehand that you're only spending $50 on clothing this month, you don't have to go to Target and have a handful of hundred $100 worth of clothes in your hands because you already told yourself you're only going to do 50 right? So it kind of eliminates the emotion out of your budget. Um, it can be really hard to decide in the moment in the grocery aisle if you're going to get the kids a snack or something, right? Like it's way better to plan in advance because then you can remind yourself and you can remind your partner hey remember we said we were only going to spend $50 on entertainment this month and we're at 35 so that means for the next two weeks we can do this or this right so it gives you those boundaries that's those guardrails that will keep you on your goals yeah that's cool okay so you talked about writing it down and so are there like specific apps or things like that that you recommend because like there's, I'm sure it's similar to macro tracking, right? There's like, there's my fitness pal, there's your Fitbit tracker, there's an Apple watch, there's macros first, like there's a bajillion and a half <laughs> different apps out there. And a lot of them are free. And it's like, some of them are good, not great. Some of them are great. You know, is it kind of the same type of thing? Are there a bajillion finance apps or not so much or? Yeah, it's very similar to macros and that their new ones are getting developed all the time. So as of right now, I have um, two that I really like. Uh, well, so there's one option you could do what's called the envelope system. So this is for people, if you have a really hard time sticking to that budget category, if you say you're only spending 50 bucks on clothing and you find yourself in that Target checkout with $75 just in your arms and you're like, oh, this is not going to go well, you can do an envelope system and that's, it, it's getting more and more inconvenient because yeah, of it's, cash. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, so you would just, how you do that is that you just get envelopes at Walgreens or whatever and then you just stick however if you're like this is transportation here's $200 for gas you stick that cash in that envelope and then once it's gone it's gone so that will help you if you have a hard time sticking if you've tried budgeting before you just can't stay in those categories try that for like two months and it will it will cure you <laughs> because it's <laughs> such a hassle yeah um, but beyond that I don't always recommend that only if you struggle that way um, but the two apps that I recommend um, the first one is called YNAB 
It stands for You Need a Budget. So that one is super fun. It actually costs money, but it's worth it. So um, it's $100 if you pay for the whole year at once, or it's $14.99 if you pay by, pay by the month. Gotcha. Okay. Here's the cool features that you get from it. It's tied to your bank. So every time you get paid, it automatically throws it in your budget. Um, anytime you spend something with your card, it automatic, you can link your credit cards or your debit card to it. It automatically links everything. Um, it can, you, at the very beginning, you decide what categories you want in what ways and um, like how specific you want to be. And then it learns what you like. So if it, if you get a charge from maybe like an, an annual or semi-annual from your insurance, it knows exactly where to go because it remembered that last time you put it in this budget category. So the next time it sees that same company, it will put it where it needs to be, which is very helpful. Um, it's really good for people that live paycheck to paycheck because you can budget by weekly or weekly. Um, it is just really on track. The other benefit I like about it is that it forces you to reconcile. So if you have a budget category that you said, I'm only going to spend $200 on eating out this month and you spend two hundred five forty-two. That $5.42 will be red and it will send you alerts and it will not um, leave you alone until you right. pull money from like pet grooming and put it over there, right? So wherever else you didn't spend it. Um, so I really like that one. That was really fun. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Like you said, it learns with you because I've used different apps before that like um, it, it tries to categorize things for you. Even just like with QuickBooks or, you know, different apps like that for business like tries to categorize it for you and you're like, you're dumb, that's not where I want that to go, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And so you end up being like, eh, I don't really like that feature in QuickBooks anyway because I have to retell it where to go all the time. So that's cool. Yeah. That's cool that it learns with you. And the, the other cool thing, up. so they have tons and tons of YouTube videos about it. So if you're like, hey, what about this one feature? You can YouTube it. They oh, have cool. everything on it. Awesome. Um, the second one I recommend is Every Dollar. So this is from the Dave Ramsey group. Um, it is so, so, so basic, which is good and bad. So it doesn't, You, I think it's $10 a month. Uh, we'll say do a two-week free trial, or if you want to pay for your bank to be linked. So if you want to link your accounts with it, then it's um, $80 a year or $13 a month. I use the free version, so this is the one that I use, but I don't pay to have my bank linked. Um, I really like it because it's so basic. Um, I can add whatever I want. I can move around whatever I want. It automatically does all the math for me. Um, yeah, I've used it's every dollar. So, it's so simple. But on the other hand, sometimes it's too simple and people want a little bit more. So if you want a little bit more, go for YNAB. Um, if you can handle, it's basically a yellow pad that does the math for you. It's yeah. kind of like an Excel sheet. Um, and then you try every dollar and you really are set on getting the premium version. I know that they used to do, if you offer to teach a class for Dave Ramsey, they give it to you for free for like two years. So that's always an option too. Cool. When we're talking about like setting a budget and starting to that, I kind of think of it, and you said this before, but um, similarly to like macro counting, right? Where it's like you start out with this awareness piece and it's a way for you to learn how to get from where you want to go to where, where you are right now to where you want to go. And so it's maybe not something like, you have to be on this like super tight budget forever, but the more that you practice budgeting, the more now you know, like, hey, this is how much we spend on groceries, and you kind of get used to like this is this is what 
$500 worth of groceries looks like. Although obviously that's changed a little (laughs) bit lately, right? But it's kind of the same thing with like tracking food where it's like initially you probably need to be pretty tight about that. You need to track everything, all the bites, licks, and tastes even because that can add up quickly, right? It's the little $3 charge at this gas station or whatever, same type of thing, right? So if you're not paying attention to those things, it can get out of hand really quickly. And you thought you were only eating... 1500 calories a day, but like all these little bites, licks and tastes add up over the day. So learning how to like stay in these parameters for a little while until you kind of know, and then you kind of let go of tracking. Um, Do you feel like it's kind of like that with budgeting? Is that kind of how you teach it where it's like right now we're going to be super tight and then kind of later on let go and you move more into investing or whatever, or what's kind of your philosophy with that? Yeah. So it kind of depends on um, your personal situation. So I've worked with people where they don't like we're not going to pay credit bills for credit card bills for three months because you have to keep your water on right so like it kind of depends there um and then i've worked with people that they're like you know well so we the best way to do a budget is to do a zero-based budget and so at the end of all of your expenses all the things you want to spend money on everything needs to be zero so if you get to all the things you want to spend money on and you have extra then that's awesome right um, then you can go move on to investing and all those other things. It's something that you always have to track. Yeah. I think when I first started, um, I was like, I'll just, <laughs> when my husband and I first got married, we're like, we'll spend $150 on food. And then like, you would look back at your receipts and you're like, oh, it was 185. And you're like, oh, I, but that was too late. Right. I needed to know before, before in advance. Yeah. So I, I've started budgeting probably six or seven years ago. And I still do a monthly budget every single month. So it's it's going to be a tracking forever. Yeah. But the more you do it, right, just like you said, it's going to be tight at first if that's your situation right now. But it's not going to be tight forever. So you're going to have, if you can stay to that discipline, you're going to get a lot more freedom later on. Yeah. Cool. You talked a little bit about, like, your budget priorities, like setting up the four walls, of, you know, your four walls. Is there anything else, like, as far as, like, budgeting or priorities or things like that that you would kind of want to touch on? Um, yeah, so there's some, um, like, different styles of budgets out there. Like, there's a 50-30-20 plan. I don't know if anybody's heard of that, where you spend 50% on necessities, um, 30% on your wants, and then 20% on investing. So okay. you could follow that. The thing that I don't like about that is that I don't want someone to tell me what to do, right? I like, I want to decide my own, uh, what my own financial goals are. So if you run your budget, here are the few uh, percentages to look for. So the tithing is a 10% shelter. So if your housing or your rent is more than 33% of your take-home pay, your budget's going to be real tight. So sometimes I've worked with people and they're like, man, I just can't make ends meet. Like because your housing is 45% of your income. Like you can't breathe because one of your checks is paying for your house. So watch for those guidelines because if it's, if that's your case, you, that's requires change on your part. That's bigger than just moving a shifting a budget line. That's something that is going to be hard to be financially free when that number is over 33%. Um, and then investing once you're in a debt free position and you are ready to invest, that's 15%. You can start at 10, but I wouldn't do 10 for more than a year. Start at 10 for a year and then move to 15 and then keep it at 15 until you retire. Um, That's a good, they've studied it in multiple books and that seems to be the magic number to get you to maintain your lifestyle in retirement. 
So other than that, um, it's kind of what you want to do, right? So sometimes you're going to have a budget that's really tight. And I think both of us have been there with young families or different jobs or whatever, Mm -hmm. where things are tight and you don't get luxuries at that time. And that's fine. Um, But just stay within those restrictions for now. And then it'll give you freedom later. And once you have that freedom, then you can go buy a lake house and a boat and like whatever else you want to buy. Right. Like I don't, I, other than the housing, tithing and investing, that's, you get to spend your money however you choose. The The whole point, and it's similar to macros is that you want to spend it with intention, right? You want to plan your meals, just like you want to plan what you want to do with your money. And, and as you do it, you're going to see those benefits. So like for me, when I would eat protein in the morning and I would feel better and more full, then the next day eating protein for breakfast wasn't as hard. Okay, that's right. Hey, remember when I felt right? That's right. I can do that again. And so it's just that over and over. And then you feel so much better and it's not as hard. Like I think tracking at the very beginning feels miserable. Yeah. And you're like, if I have to enter one more transaction in this stupid (laughs) app, I'm going to implode. No, but it gets, you get those little rewards and you're like, oh my gosh, I built my muscle mass this year or I look so different or I feel like so much better at the end of the year. Yeah. Sometimes in those days, it's hard to see, but month to month, you're going to be, you're going to be moving forward. It's different. Yeah. I like that. Some other tips and tricks about budgeting. So don't, similar to macros, I feel like this is just a macros thing. Um, don't get discouraged because it's going to take you at least three months worth of budgeting to feel like you even know how much you spend on food, to even know how much you spend on gas. If you haven't done it before, don't get mad at yourself. It's fine. And like, don't be judgmental. Just be curious. Hey, why, why did we spend so much on gas this month? Oh, that's right. Cause we drove to three other counties seven times or whatever. Right. Like, um, just be curious about it and give yourself at least three months before you're like, this isn't working. Like before you need a different strategy. And then the best way to do it is to do a monthly budget at a time before the month begins. If that, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, or if that is, very overwhelming for you, then start two weeks at a time. So budget for two weeks, what your income is going to be, what your expenses are going to be for those two weeks. And then gradually, probably six weeks later, you'll be able to do a monthly budget. The goal is to get to a monthly budget because bi-weekly budget just isn't, it's too much work, honestly. Like yeah. It, it takes a lot and you end up, what ends up happening is you end up thinking about money way more than you need to. And money is a big deal to a lot of people and it can add a lot of pressure. It can be really stressful. And so the whole point of a budget is to reduce that and not make it worse. So if you can handle it, if you need to start at two weeks, you can, but the goal would be to move to a month. The other thing, so it's tax season right now. If you're getting a big tax return, that's not always a good thing. Yeah. So if it's more than a thousand dollars, I always tell people to go back and change their W-4s because what you're doing is you're lending money to the government interest-free for an entire year that's money that's yours and so if it's over a thousand dollars change your w4 so the government gets less of your money you shouldn't have a big tax return so what that does if you change that w4 that puts more money in your regular paychecks and then uh, gives that money to you sooner rather than waiting that entire year for your for your tax return yeah so yeah change that if it's high i think that's something that is easy to get um, like in the mindset of like, oh, we got this, you know, 
what are we going to do with our tax return kind yeah. of a thing? And, and then it becomes this extra money that's play money. But yes. <laughs> if you were paying yourself that money throughout the year, then maybe you'd have more play money throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people I'm like, that's an extra $250 a month that you could have yeah. in your monthly budget. And they're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. It's, it's real money. It's not just play government money. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So what do you tell people? Like, so th- this is something that personally, I have my own thoughts on this, but so when you're starting a budget, it's like, this is all good and great if you have like the same income coming in every single month, right? But what happens, what do you do when you're self-employed or you're salary-based or commission-based, like, and that changes every single month? What do you tell people then? How do you help them get started budgeting in that situation? Yeah. So if you're salary, that's awesome, right? Because then it's the same and you know it's to the penny what it's going to be, right? But a lot of people are on an irregular income. So what you do is when at the very beginning, when you add all of your income, you do um, the least amount you've ever made. So you can look at your job for the last year, if you own your own business or commission or whatever, say, what is the least amount of money I've ever made? You start with that and then do your budget line items. And then as more money comes in, then you move further down the list and be like, oh, before I didn't have um, enough to fund an entertainment budget or before I didn't have enough to fund a clothing budget. But now we brought in this much more money and you'll be able to, you'll be able to identify patterns as it gets closer, or you'll know if something's coming up like, Hey, um, like you own your own business. I was on vacation for two weeks. I'm not going to, I didn't meet with any clients or whatever for that time. So I'm not going to have it as high of an income. So you can anticipate some things like that, but the benefit of having and using these apps is that you can also see a history like, Hey, what did I earn last April? Because, Usually there's some seasonality to positions like that mm-hmm. and you can say, okay, I, I earned this amount, like based on what I know, is that likely? And then just always choose the smaller end. You're like, it could be likely, but I think it will be 500 less. So start with that. And then as the money comes in, then you can always adjust your budget. So that's it. Sometimes people think that budgets are set in stone for the month. Like you have your budget meeting before the month begins and that's what it is and you can't ever change it. No. You can change it as you go. You just have to be in agreement with your spouse, right? So you can, as money comes in, you can change that too. That's also an incentive for some people to, if you're on commission or whatever, like, hey, I need to meet with three more clients because I want to go on this vacation or whatever. Like I need to fund this category or these are my dreams that I have coming up. And sometimes for people, it can give more motivation to that kind of stuff instead of feeling like, why, why? I don't want to go talk to that person or whatever. So um, just start with the least and then slowly add up. And then as you get a history in the app, then it will help you um, see your history. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Okay, so I have two other thoughts, questions for you. And we can also just take this any other direction you want to go. But okay, so one of them is, let's go back to this, like, the budget meeting with your spouse. Okay, so what do you do if one of you is like... We got to get this budget under control. We got to start paying attention to these things. And the other one is like, yeah, I want to do that. How do you get your spouse <laughs> to enroll in that with you? Yeah, so that's tricky. And honestly, that's a lot of relationships. Yeah. So there's always a joke that we have like the nerd who wants to do the budget, wants to see all the items. And then you have the free spirit that's like, that's nice, honey. I'm going to be over here. Right? Like they don't want to touch it. <laughs> yeah. So my best advice for that, and it's worked several times, is that you two go to breakfast, go out. And like go on a walk around your neighborhood and I have what we call a dreams. Meeting. So this isn't like a realistic dreams. This is like, if you could do anything at any time, what would it be? And, and literally write them down. 
write, like, get a big notebook and write down your dreams and, like, not his and her dream, but, like, all of your dreams together write on a book. And it's kind of fun because then you get to learn about people. Um, I had a client do this with his son, and he's like, that made me connect with him so much better. Like, I didn't even know that he wanted a pilot's license. Like, I didn't even know all these other things. And so you get to learn things. They're like, oh, I didn't know that that's something. I didn't know you wanted to live in a different town. Or I didn't know. Like, just let all of your dreams just go. Because that's that's when you get to be like, oh, that's the whole point of this budget. Yeah. Is to get there. And as soon as you can get, like, list all your dreams, and you can have that conversation of, like, oh, that's what you want to do. Or this is what I want to do. As soon as you can be open enough with that, then you're like, okay, yeah, sticking to a, you know, $800 food budget isn't that big of a deal anymore because it's way more than that $800 budget. It's re- reaching those dreams on that piece of paper. And so there's going to be times where you're, you're going to be in that, that Target checkout line with $100 of clothes and you're going to be like, look, I need a new dress and I, the, and I need these things and like, you know, like I only have $50, but, and you can feel so restricted, right? Sometimes it just, it just makes you mad. And there's going to be times where you can call your spouse and be like, Hey, I'm a target and I really want to buy like 12 different things right now. I came for, it's like that meme. Like I came for deodorant and I have $600 in my cart. <laughs> and that's when they can, they can be like, Hey, Oh, Hey, remember, remember, we're going to go buy a cabin. Remember, we're going to go create memories with our family on the, with our boat in the lake. Remember? And like, then you think, oh, you're right. I don't need this, this, and this because I want that more. Yeah. So having that open communication, and I think I've had a lot of clients that are surprised about how much that improves because it's things that you don't even think about. You don't even talk about. And so they kind of get pushed to the side of just like the rigmarole of raising a family. You don't always get to be like, hey, what are your hopes and dreams, right? That's not usually the top of your list. But as you talk about those, it's a good reminder for both you and your spouse to be like, you're right. I don't need this stuff. I'd rather go have a cabin with my family. Mm, yeah, I like that. That's fun. There's this, wouldn't it be fun if um, yes. mind game that I've been playing with myself recently. And it's been really fun to be able to like, to, to think through some of those things and actually let myself dream rather than shutting things down so quickly because... I don't think it's possible for whatever, you know, I've already put the constraints on it. So that like, wouldn't it be cool if, or wouldn't it be fun if, um, and I love, I love like Steve and I have done that and had that conversation together, not necessarily in like a budget meeting kind of a thing, but I like how you said writing it all down together so that you can kind of refer to this conversation and be like, Hey, you know, this one time on the walk, you said this, and I didn't even know that about you. And like, I love that you said it just brings in this communication, this openness with your spouse or with your kids or whoever you're having this budget meeting with, or, you know, whatever, that now you've learned things about each other and it just strengthens the relationship. I think that's really cool. And there's going to be times where your budget's going to suck. Yeah. And you're going to be like, this is miserable. Yeah. So when my husband and I were working on paying off our debt, we, we didn't have an entertainment budget because we wanted that money to go paying off our debts. And so we would be like, cool, it's the end of the month and we have $5 want to just go drive around five dollars worth of gas like <laughs> right like or we would invite friends over and play board games because yeah. we just didn't have money to go out and like those are some of my favorite things now like that's it doesn't have to always be bad yeah. if it's inexpensive yeah right? for sure it's, it can still be great and even those frustrating times can bond you together rather than tear you apart yeah that's awesome okay i had another question i was going to ask you but i kind of forgot what it was um anything else you want to add 
Um, I saw an interesting stat the other day that most online spending is between the hours of 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. <laughs> so if you're having a hard time with your budget, don't be scrolling your phone in your bed because that's where all of those impulse purchases happen. And if that's a struggle for you, then just put your phone away. Don't it like everybody wants your email so they can send you all the deals, right? So don't even open their emails if that's just remember your your big goals. Yeah, I like that. It's actually, um, similarly, most overeating tends to happen at night. And it's like, because you've gotten to the end of the day, and now you like, you know, you can That's when the Oreos come out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the Oreos or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, did did you make room for that in your day? And if you did, great. And if you didn't, that's okay too. But maybe realizing, hey, it's 10 o'clock at night. Am I hungry or am I tired? You know, do I really want to buy this thing? (laughs) Or is it just that I like, this is exciting to me in the moment, those impulse decisions, because you're tired, because you're, you know, maybe a little frazzled at the end of the day or whatever it is. And you're more likely to like act on that impulse rather than like keeping the big picture in mind. So yeah, just like kind of a good rule of thumb is like, don't make big decisions after yeah, right. nine o'clock. I don't know. It depends on the person, I guess. But, you know. <laughs> well, and similar, you said make big decisions. So there's another, um, you can set rules with your partner on like, hey, we're not going to spend more than a hundred dollars without talking to someone. Yeah. That seems like kind of an old rule. Now, like inflation is probably like $500, but um, you have to have rules for how much you're going to spend without the other person seeing. And well, and they're always going to see because both people need to have access to the budget. Yeah. Um, but then have your rules like, you know, if it's over a thousand dollars, we're not going to buy it at this minute. We're going to sleep on it or whatever. Deciding what those boundaries are for you and your, you and your partner. So what about like, I'll take this in a slightly different direction for just a minute. What about like a college kid? Like, what do you, how do you teach budgeting for college kids? You know, maybe they don't have a ton of income coming in or whatever. Obviously some of the principles are going to be the same, but like maybe even just like some money saving tips or just budgeting tips for like a single or college age person. Yeah. So there's, um, I recommend like that last year of high school to sit down with your teen and be like, Hey, you're going to be flying the nest soon. Um, I need to show you how much I spent on electricity. I need to show you how much it costs to have water in our house. I need to like, and you don't have to be like, we make this amount of money. You, I would not recommend sharing with your children what your income is. That's none of their business, but you do need to talk about expenses because they don't want to move out and be like, mom, can you believe how much my utilities are? Yeah. I could have told you that. Yeah. Like like, that's cheap. Like good for you, man. Like, so that last year of high school, talk about basic utilities and what it would take to, for them to move out. The other benefit of having um, like a late teen and early twenties is that they usually have the support of their parents. And so I would encourage them to follow a 50% rule where you snoring dogs. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how much it's even going to be picked up, but she's snoring so, so loud. <laughs> no, if you have a, a late teen, early 20, um, have them set aside 50% of their income for savings. If you have the benefit of, if they're living with um, their parents or grandparents or if they're rent free or whatever, get them in the habit of saving. So sometimes people and saving 50% is a lot. But if you can get in that habit when you're young, then saving 15% later for retirement feels like nothing. Yeah. Um, and you have to have a, a habit of saving. So for my, I have younger kids. I make them save half of anything they get, like just straight down the middle half. Yeah. 
uh, because they don't need, like, I'm going to pay for everything they need. So I'm going to just let that other stuff build up. And then when they have real needs, then they can use it. Yeah. Get in that habit of saving is probably the most important. Uh, Be clear with what their expenses are likely to be. um, And don't, don't shelter them from car insurance expenses or whatever, right? If you're, if you want to be generous and pay for them, that's fine, but they need to know how much it is. Um, it would be wise for them to have an idea, even if you end up paying for it. Yeah. Um, and like talk to them about oil changes and like maintenance things that just regular things that come up in your life. Don't be hesitant to share with them. Hey, I had to get an oil change. Do you know that you need to get oil change? Like make sure that your car gets them every this many miles or whatever. Like some kids will be more likely to know that than other kids, depending on their family. But, um, just be open with your expenses, not your income. That's none of their business, but you can help them anticipate expenses. They'll be more likely to prepare for them. And if you can get that habit of 50% savings when, when real life comes and that has to be reduced because they're living out on their own or whatever, they can still have the habit of saving because there's some people that because they didn't develop that habit of savings, they get a hundred dollars in their bank account. They're like, Oh boy, yeah. what are we going to do? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. they need to be in that habit of being okay with money sitting in like an emergency fund. Yeah. So it's not just burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah. yeah. Need, like that needs to be a habit. So, and that's yeah. the other thing, emergency funds. So if you don't have any money in your account, that's bad news, right? We talked about six out of 10 Americans. Um, everyone needs to have a thousand dollars, at least in their bank account. And then you can build from there, but um, make that, if you're just starting budgeting, make that your top priority in your personal budget. Getting to that thousand dollars. Yeah. So do you have tips on how do people get there? If they're like, if they really are living paycheck to paycheck, how are we going to get this thousand dollars? Where is this going to come from? So um, you can, it depends on how creative you want to be. So um, you can sell things on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Um, You can, I know people will mow lawns. Um, Another, I was going to say fun. I don't know. (laughs) Another way is to um, shop around on your insurance. So what's your car insurance rates and have they been shopped around recently? Because, and like even life insurance. So life insurance can go down. Um, If you're still healthy, like shop those around, like kind of be strategic in that way. Um, There's also a lot of people as you serve in the community, like raking leaves and shoveling snow and um, like not being afraid to just put yourself out there can get you a few hundred bucks in a weekend. Right. So that and Facebook marketplace are probably the, so if you shop your insurance, Facebook Marketplace, and then do, um, I guess, chores around your neighborhood, it sounds kind of silly, but people can make a ton of money helping their neighbors. Uh, people are really short on time, and so helping them with whatever you're and stuff. But, um, and then being mindful about what you're spending, right? If you, you're like, I'm not going to spend any money on clothes this month because you have an entire wardrobe, it's unlikely that you don't have enough clothes to wear for that month, then like put a stop to that and just really be really intense about it. Yeah. Awesome. I really like that. Okay. Anything else? Any other words of wisdom you got? Um, no, I just, um, just freedom is on the other side, right? Like it doesn't, budgets aren't gonna, they're not there to control you. They're there to help you. And there's so much good that can come out of it. So similar to like, you only get one body, right? Yeah. So just care for it the best you can and you'll be so much happier. Yeah. Yeah. And that awareness is always such a great, like first step, like having awareness about how much you're spending, where the money is going and then figuring out how to tell it where to go instead. Just like with your food, like figuring out 
where you're starting, what are you actually eating, and then figuring out where you need to go. That's great. Okay, if people want to connect with you, if someone wants to become one of your clients or they just are interested in following you, how do they connect with you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, Miss Budget Mama, so MRS Budget Mama. Um, so Instagram there, or you can email me at missbudgetmama at gmail.com. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right.